of the hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q this is the midday news for friday august 26 in the headlines pastor randy rodney laments there is much room for improvement in the operations and care at the dominica china friendship hospital Antiguan Barbuda and the other Eastern Caribbean currency union states may soon benefit from a project aimed at strengthening the subregion's microfinance ecosystem. And a Florida federal judge has ordered the U.S. Justice Department to release the redacted affidavit behind the FBI's search for former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home by noon today. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. Optical. Get your free eye exam plus free children's frames with any lens purchase. Adults get 25% off frames and lenses. When you shop today with no cash, three to 24 month credit terms available. So book your appointment online today at courtsoptical.com. Get in on the deals and save now. Only at Courts Optical. Value you can see. Promotion runs till August 31st, 2022. Special conditions apply. As with all things, there is always room for improvement and the operations and treatment care at the Dominica China Friendship Hospital is no exception. Many persons have expressed disappointment in the services received at the hospital, some of which is of no fault of the employees and staff, and others are a direct result of the mental approach to patient treatment by some of the staff themselves. Pastor Randy Rodney echoed these sentiments via first-hand experience and encouraged persons to practice their civic rights and communicate their concerns concerns to the management of the hospital if they feel like they too have been victims of violations. Just had a situation where I filed a report and I'm going to encourage people to take this up formally every time it happens. Uh, file a report with the, with the hospital, file a report with the nursing council. Begin to make reports because some of these nurses I think really and truly probably need to be trained in, 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 in customer service. Um, some of them need attention as far as their own stresses are concerned or the stressors are concerned uh, because they leave home and they're stressed and they come to work with the, with the stress and they can't, you know, they have no place to check the stress at the door, if you know what I mean. But, and some of it is because of the way the system operates. I think more people need to talk about it, but all of you talking about it should file formal complaint so that it's not just something in the public is documented and, and, and when you are ill-treated that way find a way to, to 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 deal with it my father died at the hospital a few weeks ago and that was in the midst of me being treated like a thing a nurse actually uh, hold, uh lifted her hand and showed me across as though i was unimportant uh when i was asking for for help for my father of course a few minutes later he died he didn't get the help that he that he should have had um and so that's happening like i said i've seen a lot of this and i've experienced some and i've made it my business now every time i see it i'm going to report it and i think people should report it formally 
Pastor Randy Rodney. MP for the Roseau North constituency, Danny Lugay, says when the members of the opposition presented in Parliament Monday, they all supported the money laundering bill tabled in the House, and they feel that some politicians will get caught as a result of some of the provisions in the amendments. He was speaking on the Workers' Voice program Thursday night. When represented in Parliament, we all supported the bill because we realize that some politicians are going to get caught with some of these things that we've seen in these amendments, you know, and in the parent bill. And then I will share with you some of the concerns that I had and that I shared in Parliament. And it had to do with this, the amendments to the Proceeds of Crime Act. And I will just share that with you now. Mr. Speaker, it is always a noble cause to come to this Parliament, whether in emergency session or on an average three times per year to enact laws for good governance and to fight white-collar crimes or other criminal activity. But most importantly, what citizens yearn for in this land is implementation of these laws. Our various arms of government, the executive, the judiciary, the DPP, the attorney general, the magistrate court, must all function effectively and move to prosecute serious crimes. It cannot be that under existing law that a police chief, if for example, that he has video evidence of individuals offloading a suitcase of money on the doorstep of a member of the public, I didn't say parliament, you know, because they would try to yeah. cut me down telegraphed by a senior member of the police force and such a case goes cold where the police chief for some unknown reason refuses to investigate and prosecute the matter. And when the police chief refuses to prosecute serious crime, what are the options open to affected or victims of such crimes? MP for Roseau North, Danny Lugay. Past UWP Roseau Central constituency candidate and UWP executive member Glenroy Cuffey said that it is one thing to pass a law, but another to comply with these same laws that are established. It is one thing to pass the laws, but it's another thing to comply and to adhere to those laws. So it's not about just letting the will see you run to your parliament and you pass laws. Are you compliant? Are you adhering to it? And what we need to do now, the, 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 um, the units that are responsible to operationalize the whole action against money laundering should start acting because I, the, the names that we sell, the, Mr. Lennoxington called, Honorable Lennoxington called the name Ali, Ali Reza Monfaret, and he named a number of companies that this man was in, and all of them were registered in Dominica. So it is right that that, was, that to me was relevant to the debate and asking the government whether or not we are very serious because look, yeah, it is that we have had someone involved in such criminal activities, what have we done? So it's one thing to put laws in the parliament, pass laws, but it's another thing to operationalize the laws and to prosecute those that are guilty of committing those crimes. So it's not about making the world see that we've gone to our parliaments and to pass um, legislation, but it's to act on them and to make the world see that we are very serious and make examples of persons who are involved in such crimes. So I'm saying it's not about that, it's just about adherence and compliance. And so let me just commend the opposition for the, for the job well done 
the parliament. And Mr. Speaker, I'm telling you, your, your conduct now in the house is not going to be tolerated. I think you are overdoing it. I don't know who you, try, you are trying to impress. If you want to debate, ask the government to relinquish you of that position and put you in a position where you can debate, but do not hijack the parliament as your own and take a course that is not necessary to make your point known and to circumvent laws that are not existing in the parliamentary um, laws, actually. UWP member Glenroy Cuffey. We may complain about our social issues, but equally important is being cognizant of the fact that we need to be the solution we seek. This from ENT specialist Dr. Irvin Pascal on the hot seat this morning while speaking on some of the issues surrounding health care in Dominica. Dr. Pascal highlighted a number of factors that can aid in many of the solutions. However, he says individuals need to begin with themselves and contribute to creating a collective movement that manifests their desired outcomes as a society. I have been in so much trouble for pointing out the problems. I want to take my own advice. That's basically what I want to say. Things are in a bad state with healthcare in Dominica. Um, people meet me every day and say, well, so IP, why you all don't get together and open up a private hospital and all that stuff? And yeah, that's, that's, that's one solution. That's part of the solution. But it's really not the solution. It's really not going to change things significantly because the, 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 the financing for private health care, it, it's, quite, it's quite challenging. And then people have to be able to have income in this kind of economy to pay for it anyway. So although that is not part of the solution, although that is part of the solution, in the immediate, it's not the solution. So for me, it's always about what can I do? I mean, I, I, I have tried. <laughs> I have uh, criticized, I have tried to set up a little private clinic and all that type of stuff to try to contribute to a solution. All I can tell Dominicans, what I have decided to do, what I think I can do now at an individual level, and I hope it can be an example for others, is, 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 is to see what I can do, given as bad as the situation is, as bad as the, the, the politics is, the, the, the nonsense that's going on with the governance is. I think we have to find a way to contribute those of us to the solution, those of us who can. Dr. Irvin Pascal, the Executive Director of Foreign Relations at Western Illinois University, Dr. Randy Glean, holds the view that there is a widespread belief or expectation that higher and tertiary education should be provided by the government in Dominica. In recent years, there seems to have been an increased dependence, reliance, or expectation on external sources of funding for university education. I am very active in making sure, and I will continue, to make certain that as many universities as possible come down to the Caribbean and offer opportunities so we can broaden the scope in terms of choices. Something has happened from your day to today, mm -hmm. and, and I've observed it being actively engaged in the process. There seems to have been an increased dependence or reliance or expectation that this commodity should be provided by someone other than yourself and your family. And I think specific to Dominica, I think I've observed that there is a general belief or expectation that higher ed, tertiary education is something that government should provide. 
He added that education is an investment. If it is seen as a cost, then you shouldn't accept it. And also, if you do not believe that this is something that will pay dividends, then it is a bad investment. Dr. Glean also brings light to the fact that education can also be vocational, and this is something we need to let young people understand more clearly. The first thing is to stop thinking about higher ed in terms of cost. It really is an investment. You shouldn't undertake it if it's a cost. If you do not believe that this is something that will pay dividends, then it's a bad investment. You're better off spending your time and your money investing in a business in Dominica. Or let's be clear about what education is. Education can also be vocational education. It's very important that young people understand that a well-trained and experienced plumber would actually make more than a beginning physician or a college professor in markets in North America. Or if you are very good in other skill trades like construction, you get to define yourself, you get to be independent, and you can earn just as much. He believes that the British have pampered us with the idea that everyone should be well-educated and wear ties, and as a result, we disdain those who possess the true abilities required to develop economies. Individuals need to recognize their skill sets so as to build on it. However, there are several funding opportunities if you want to pursue a career in academia. Consider it and be off because you will eventually receive your money back 30 or 50 years after earning your degree. I, for one, have developed a great appreciation. And I tell people with real skills that, you know, I can read, write, and talk. That's that's what I do well. But if you put me in front of a machine to do something, I'm probably completely lost. Yes, I have some technology skills. I'm a little unusual in that sense, but I don't have a lot of motor skills. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm a very awkward person. So, you know, you need to recognize where your skill set is and develop from there. If academics is where you want to go, though, the funding prospects are many. So think of it as an investment that will pay off. And then it's not a cost because you're going to get it back for 30, 40 or 50 years to come after you've completed that degree. Dr. Randy Glean, the Rotary Club of Dominica, a community-based organization made up of volunteers dedicated to service and the betterment of humanity, Vosh International, and the Dominican Ministry of Health and Wellness collaborated on their 27th mission of Vosh Eye Care Mission in Dominica. Vosh, which stands for Voluntary Optometric Services to Humanity, is an international voluntary organization with various chapters based in the U.S., its mission being to provide the gift of vision and quality eye health to people worldwide. The mission is designed to help those who, for a variety of reasons, are unable to receive the proper eye care. The public has come to value this endeavor even more over the years, which they host over the course of a week. So the mission takes different... um how should I say, different avenues. And I say this to say, um, we normally do different districts on each visit. So it's not necessarily tailored to one particular area. The one constant that remains is the Rosa Clinics, which is okay. usually at the Goodwill Parish Hall. Okay. So it's over a period of four days. And this year in particular, we served like on the Western side. So we had a clinic at Portsmouth on Monday. We had a clinic at St. Joseph on Tuesday, and Wednesday and Thursday we would have had the Rosa Clinics at the Goodwill Parish Hall. It interchanges of every mission. We collaborate with the Vosch team, but the doctor, Dr. Dan, the lead mission and the lead mission leader, he would he usually does what you call a pre-visit, and he would visit the areas where he'd want to have the patient screen for that particular mission. Um, it just depends on, on what direction they choose to head 
for the next mission. So it interchanges where they're unable to see the whole the whole island, yeah, island okay. <laughs> within four days or to even be there for a lengthy period of time. Mm-hmm. But I should also mention that we collaborate and partner with the government of Dominica through the Ministry yes, of Health. And they're mm-hmm. actually <laughs> they're actually the, the most important aspect and element of this entire exercise, as you can mm-hmm. well appreciate. So every year they, they play a, a pivotal role in the execution nice. of the mission okay. and ensure its general success overall. Oh, nice. And that was president of the Rotary Club of Dominica, Genevieve Rill. Chief Operations Officer at Domlek Ian Ramratton says Dominica is on course to realizing its 2030 goal of becoming solely dependent on renewable energy. Speaking to the media during a green energy field trip earlier this week, he stated that a few things have been analyzed on the internal level, he explained. We believe that, at least for geothermal, is quite realistic. The other opportunities of solar PV, uh, the IRC just recently wrote Domlek, indicating that Domlek has been awarded a build-own-operate 4.5 megawatt PV solar plant. So we are, you know, looking at an internal level right now, looking at trying to get that going. A couple of things we have to analyze before we confirm that that, that is a project that we will engage in 100%. So again, as Davis mentioned, when you look at system load, it's about 16 megawatts now. If you talk about 10 megawatts, geothermal in two years time possibly 4.5 megawatts solar we have close to five six megawatts of hydro obviously seeing where you know we could be in excess and then there are discussions with regards to perhaps getting another five megawatts of of geothermal two years after the 2024 commissioning date some little details that we have to iron out but for the most part right um, i think we're quite on track to establish even if you want to say clean energy as opposed to renewable there's some subtle differences there by by 2030. Chief Operations Officer at Domlek, Ian Ramratan. And the Dominica State College's Freshman Orientation Week will take place from Monday, August 29, from 9 a.m. at the Goodwill Parish Hall. The opening ceremony will communicate pertinent information to students, introduce the management team, provide welcome packets to students, and allow students to interact with their faculty deans. Dr. Donald Peters, president of the college, will deliver the key address. PRO and recruitment officer with the DSC, Monel Alexis Edwards, provides more details. At 3 p.m., we look forward to a fruitful discussion with the parents of our first year and continuing students. Freshman orientation runs from August 29th to September 2nd, 2022. Students are expected to attend the opening ceremony, the seminars, and the fun day. In other news this afternoon, Antigua and Barbuda and the other members of the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union are set to soon benefit from a project aimed at strengthening the subregion's microfinance ecosystem. The project, a partnership between the Caribbean Development Bank and the Eastern Caribbean Securities Regulatory Commission, is meant to improve the availability of funding to micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises and to establish equity-based crowdfunding in the Eastern Caribbean. Crowdfunding is the practice of funding a project or venture by raising money, usually over the internet, from a large number of people who each contribute a relatively small amount. And a Florida federal judge has authorized the Justice Department to release the redacted affidavit behind the FBI's search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Today, the release could provide key information about the investigation into whether Trump violated federal law by allegedly taking classified documents upon leaving office. CBS News Chief Election and Campaign Correspondent Robert Coster reports. The Justice Department has until today to release a redacted version of the affidavit to the public. 
Now, there could be heavy redactions. This is an ongoing probe, but it could still offer new insight into why FBI agents arrived at former President Trump's home, search warrant in hand. Almost three weeks after the FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, a federal judge in Florida ordered Thursday that the Justice Department release the redacted affidavit behind the search. Judge Bruce Reinhardt wrote that he approved the DOJ's suggested redactions to the affidavit to protect the identities of witnesses, law enforcement agents, the investigation strategy, direction, scope, sources and methods, and grand jury information. I think what the public is going to learn is, again, just how much effort went into this affidavit, the fact that there are pages and pages and pages of probable cause. Justice Department officials had opposed releasing the full affidavit, saying earlier this week they are very concerned about the safety of the witnesses involved in their investigation into Trump's alleged mishandling of classified information some of which went up to the level of top secret. Legal experts say even though the public will only likely see a heavily redacted version, it could still be revealing. It may also give some details about how long this investigation has been going on, whether it's been going on for months or whether it's been going on for a year. The benefit of transparency is going to be to let everybody know exactly what took place and to prevent people from trying to guess what's going on here. Former President Trump has called for the affidavit to be released. He was conferring yesterday with his lawyers in Bedminster, New Jersey, and keeps insisting in social media posts that he has done nothing wrong. His legal team has a deadline today to file more information about why it has requested a so-called special master or neutral party to review the evidence. And that's the Midday News, but first a recap of the headlines. Pastor Randy Rodney laments there is much room for improvement in the operations and care at the Dominica China Friendship Hospital. Antigua and Barbuda and other Eastern Caribbean Currency Union states may soon benefit from a project aimed at strengthening the subregion's microfinance ecosystem through equity-based crowdfunding. And a Florida federal judge has ordered the U.S. Justice Department to release the redacted affidavits behind the FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home today. The news is brought to you. Compliments, Courts Dominica Limited. I am Kimberly Benjamin. Q, top of the hour news. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens.